All right, Gloucester, welcome back to Fishtown Local. I'm your host, Gordon Baird. And we have sort of a special concept show today. Why? Well, you say it's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. So, yes, it is my birthday today, which kind of brings the point, begs the point, begets the point. It is better to be old than to be dead. (laughs) Sorry about that. And that's why my show today is going to be dedicated to that which is old and should be appreciated while we are all still here. And by that I mean me. (laughs) You know, I think of like three examples of appreciate it now. We never appreciate what we have, do we, Jim? No. And no. Jim is my engineer. That's Jim Capillo. That's and me. That's him. And I'm going to be even including Jim even more than usually his pithy from the side hand grenade lob comments <laughs> <laughs> that produce not only waves but tidal waves. But really, there are three areas I'm thinking about. I mean, the simplest one is Palazzola's. Palazzola's Sporting Goods. Oh, how we took them for granted for all those years. They were just so there. They were always there. And yet, it's not just Palazzola's. It's all the stores like Palazzola's are gone. Family-run businesses that sort of did it from soup to nuts because nobody else did. You could buy socks, underwear, shin pads, uh, pink bouncing rubber balls. You could buy soccer balls, baseball gloves, bicycles. He'd fix them for you. You could buy hockey helmets. You could buy jogging pants, shoes, whatever. But whatever they didn't have, they would get for you because that's the way Jack and his wife were. And it's kind of sad because when they were leaving, we all, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Let's go in and get a deal, see what they got for sale. But they're gone. There's nobody like Palazzolas. I really miss them. I miss them like crazy. I had a a flat on my bike tire the other day, and it was like, go to a gas station, see what they'll do, you know. So um, my second person that I kind of want to highlight in the same way as Palazzolas is a really great, great guy. And I call him Gloucester's most happy person. There's a simple reason for that, but we'll discuss that. But that is Mr. Joe Mondello. And he's really the subject of my show. He's 92 years old. He happens to be my engineer, Jim Capillo, accustomed to lobbing hand grenades into the center of the conversation. (laughs) He is now going to get a chance to go grab that hand grenade and throw it out of the foxhole. Oh, I will. Yes, because Joe Mondello is Jim Capillo's uncle. No, father-in-law. Uncle. Father-in-law. Father-in-law. I I was thinking uncle-in-law, like your brother's. uh, No, father-in-law. That's even more. Hand grenade-ish. Yes. Uh, we've been to Hand Granada. <laughs> Reagan invaded Hand Granada back in the year 1982. Um, so I just have so much appreciation. I'm going to let Jim talk for a little bit about, you know, uh, how he got to Gloucester, how he got connected with the Mondellos. But first, I just want to say Joe Mondello is 92 years old. He runs the cobbler shop across from the St. Anne's School parking lot except it's no longer a school there anymore, and uh, it's the church. Um, And he has that wonderful shop. Every time I've ever been in there, you know, the weather would be awful, people complaining, cars going slop in the slush up on the sidewalk. 
and you go in a gym, Joe is just such a happy guy. Gordon! He talk, he talk, he talk, he talk. His store is like a gathering place for his neighbors. So I'm sitting there, I'm talking to him, people stop by, I'm jogging, I had to stop by Joe. This woman comes in, sexy young thing, I gotta get my kiss, Joe. You know, like your lucky kiss or whatever. And, uh, you know, um, it just was a delight. And, you know, he was talking to me most of the time, but he would stop and talk to them, and then they'd leave, and he'd go back to me. His walls are covered with World War II newspaper clippings and pictures of ships, mostly. And you sort of understand how a certain generation of people felt because he was so close to death, so close to war, so he was a fire marshal on a Pacific uh, destroyer, I believe it was. It might have been a cruiser, but it cruiser. was something big. Cruisers bigger than a destroyer, for those of you keeping track. And, I mean, imagine, you're not on duty until there's a fire. you got to go put out, you know, or some ordinance that's about to explode on the deck because of the fire. So he was always risking his life. He was telling me these stories about in the Pacific, these 30-foot waves where he'd be looking up at the boat next to him, and then he'd be looking down 30 feet at the boat next to him. Absolutely terrifying petrifying. And yet he got used to it. It became daily. It became normal. And I guess when you survive that and come home, probably in his early 20s, how could you not be just a happy guy? The rest of your life is made having been through that horror. Probably like those kids in the cave. You know, it's like, what worse could ever happen to them? And they got out of it. And Joe got home. And so I think that's why he has such a sunshiny disposition. Also, when he thinks sadly about those that didn't get back, uh, it's got to make him appreciate his situation. So, Jim, when did you come to Gloucester first? I mean, are you born in Gloucester? I came out of my mother. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was born here. Better than the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, yes. uh, You were born here. Where? In, what's, where you next to now? my mother. Isn't that how the old Three Stooges <laughs> joke goes? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was born yeah. next to my mother. Yeah, I got an uncle in Dallas. No, Dallas, <laughs> Texas. Yeah, Dallas, Texas. Um, yes, and we're in, in uh, that's in Gilbert? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. And where did you grow up? In what neighborhood? Um, Forest Street, up on, uh, what was it, Ward 3? I oh, think. Wow. And so you did the whole nine years. Where'd you go to school? At Veterans? No. They veterans. Had veterans. I'm a Catholic boy. Oh, what am I talking oh, about? Okay, sorry. St. Anne's. You, you went to St. Anne's. And St. Oh, Peter's. Oh, wow. You went to St. Peter's. First class. Wow. Yep. First class through. I you were? Yep. Well, you've been first class ever since. Oh, so I thank, like that. Thank you. First Gordon. class ever through. So what was that, 71? No, 65 through. 69. Oh, 69. I meant what was the name of your graduating class? 69. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. So I am older than you. You are. Oh, so you get the theme of the show, better to be old than to be dead. I mean, come on, <laughs> right? And so you met your wife in Gloucester schools? or No. A strange story behind that. But um, I used to work on motorcycles in the summer because uh, I was a mechanic before this wonderful career of mine mm -hmm. waiting on you very similar <laughs> same kind of stainless steel parts kind <laughs> of yes well anyways and I'm, you got to be able to breathe a lot of exhaust and <laughs> i did that yeah <laughs> didn't we do. all <laughs> yeah. um so i was working on a motorcycle in the garage and she lived across the street and came over and wanted to sit on a motorcycle i love it and i said well you can sit on that one and Promptly knocked it over. <laughs> so that's how our relationship 
began. Wow, and what a figure you must have been, that hot, sweaty, hunky guy, you know. Come on, Gordo. Back, well, back then, I assume you didn't look like you do now. He sort of looks like, I don't know, Mark Twain with a facelift? I See don't what know. I put up with? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I complimented. I said, with yeah, a facelift. Oh, yeah, with a facelift, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. And not just not such a flumpy hat, you know. So that's where it all started out, anyway. Yeah. And, of course, I knew her father because going to St. Anne's all those years. Yeah. You stopped right in the yeah. yeah stopped in the store every day and Joe said hi and you know off we went. Why were you? Oh, were you stopping in the store to see her? No, no, well, no. Beforehand. She probably wasn't even born yeah. then. <laughs> you were just going by to say hi. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. You come out of come out of school and yeah. uh, you know going home. Would you stop in all the stores to say hi? Did you? <laughs> Usually just Joe's and uh, do you remember Nelson's? I, I wasn't that. I mean, there was no candy store there in those days, right? So was Nelson's? No, no Nelson's was on the corner of um, let's see, Prospect, uh, Millet, and uh, Cedar. Oh, where, it was in the triangle there where Johnny Zion's was. And okay, Sala's was also there. Oh, so and we, that was like more of a convenience and store. And that was no, it was a candy store. Candy store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we all stopped there, and uh, then we went home. That's every day. That's they. That was so great in those days. There were businesses that would do that. Oh yeah. They would set up by the school so they could capture the biz, and then the yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Especially in America, where we all. I were you. Uh, there were no such thing as latchkey kids in Gloucester because you went home and, to yeah. um, your mother or whatever, right? Yeah, my mother worked for the city at the time, so oh. I spent my afternoons under the tutelage of my grandmother. Oh. Who lived on Warner Street, oh, right nice. in the same neighborhood. Okay. And, uh, you know, my mother got out of work. She'd swing by, pick me up, and we'd walk up the hill. Mm -hmm. Where did she live on Warner after it splits and goes up Um, the higher version? Yeah, on the actually closer to the Millet Street side. It was uh, number 56. And my aunt still lives there. My aunt Bobby and my Uncle Dick, they still live in the house. That's a great neighborhood. I've been rehearsing a play on Trask street mm-hmm. which is off upper warner right and then you go up there and it's one of those streets that if you're not going their destination you wouldn't even know it was up there but right. it is beautiful you know you look down across that beautiful view and the houses and you look across burnham's i think it is right yep. Yep. and then yep. there's city hall and the church framed right there with the harbor and the breakwater all behind it absolutely just be- and nobody goes up there so you don't even know well, until you yeah when you're you a know. kid you don't think of that yeah stuff. you don't think of that stuff exactly <laughs> But, All we thought of was waiting for winter, and yeah. we'd get the sleds out, and the, what, what do we call the saucers? Yeah, right. Remember the saucers? <laughs> yeah. We'd get to the top of Trash Street, and down we'd go. Yeah, remember the first ones were metal. Oh, yeah. And they weren't yeah. that fast. But then the new ones were, right. the later ones were plastic, right. and you could get them a little bit. I grew up, I'm sure you did too, with the... Uh, what they call flexible flyers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember yep. you tried yep. to turn it. And you could sit on it and do it with your feet. It would actually turn. Right. But if you lay right. on your stomach, you would, like that. <laughs> I remember running to a tree in Bollamer, Maryland. Well, we, <laughs> I couldn't yeah, think it wouldn't turn, you know. Pile two or three rusted. guys on there yeah. and down the hill that's you'd right. go. <laughs> that's right. Then it would go. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. So you went home. Grandma was there. And she'd say, oh, let me get you a snack. Okay. Uh, it's just this candy. That's all of it. Well, you know how grandmothers are. Yeah, they come on, go on. Yeah, come on. It's their job. <laughs> well, I was a latchkey kid in Manhattan and my mother worked and so I would come home around three or four and it was the guilt thing then there was always be like a, st- a quarter 
and a dime for me and a quarter and a dime for my brother. And then we would go grab our money and then we'd run around the corner, go back out and go around the corner. And it was one of those old, it wasn't called a bodega then, but it was like that tiny mm -hmm. hole in the wall. Yeah. Convenience. Yeah. And main, in those days, cigarettes kept them going. You know, there was not right. even a lottery. But you'd go, we'd get a medium-sized Coke and like a ring ding every day. 35 cents would buy you that. You could get both of those. And uh, I usually had a devil dog, but my brother would have a ring ding or a, uh, what's the one that's uh, Hostess Twinkie? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Twinkies. They're like made out of old recycled sponges. Oh, those are still my poison. <laughs> I don't like that. I do like the ring ding and the devil dog, though. Mm -hmm. they were, I'm a chocolate yeah. guy. And, uh, but I always thought later on, it was so funny, is that my mother probably did that as much out of guilt as anything. Because she felt so bad about not being there. But so now that I'm a parent and been there, done that, I sympathize. Oh, yeah. yeah so what it. is Joe? Is he still going into work every day, right? He works, uh, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday takes off, and he's back on Thursday and Friday. So it's four days a week. Wow. Does he, uh, is he on the building? No. Oh, yeah. He does? I thought so. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was in there, you know, he fixed a pair of shoes for me that I never thought would be fixed. They were from 1964. And he said, don't throw these away. These are so nice. I will get these going for you. And then after he's done, he has them for like a month. And he's going to say, eh, give me five bucks. I said, what? You know, here, take 20. And he goes, oh, okay. And then I had a belt that had gotten all screwed up. My son had borrowed it, brought it back completely wrecked. And so I loved this belt. And it had the silver buckle oh, yeah. set, the yeah, ranger yeah, yeah. set. So yeah. I said, can you remove the end and make it shorter? So it'll fit. And <laughs> by then, he was a little more uh, up in his ears. And he, he just cut it off and put the thing on. And uh, so it wouldn't fit me anymore because that was so short. But that was my fault. Oh, yeah. Not his. And, uh, and then he goes, nah, don't pay. You know, I just like talking to you. Too many Twinkies, Gordo. <laughs> I thought you meant the uh, the people on the board here or something. Uh, no. Twinkies. Um, so anyway, how, I mean, where did he serve? What was his theater of war? Gulf of Laity or? He, he was in the Pacific. Yeah. And um, I believe he was 16 when he went in. God. So he came out, he was only 19, you know, oh, 18 and 19. God. That's right. So he came out and um, he had some interesting I've heard the stories some many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Others are new, but um, he had many close calls, like you said. As I you mean, said. yeah, torpedoes. I think and, he. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Kamikazes. Oh, and, I'll bet. Can you imagine seeing one of those guys and you just sort of going, "Well, what can I do about it?" Yeah. So you're just standing on the deck, taking cover, right. hoping the guy doesn't. Well, I guess it came pretty close and hit the ship next to him. But they were. I think he uh, told me that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so oh he's, he's had he's had some real. I think he, I think he was in a famous battle, like the famous Gulf of Laeti, yeah, where the Japanese were outnumbered us, and that I think isn't that the one where Halsey went the wrong way and went to, towards Alaska to go to meet the Japanese, and then the guy that was there, who I think his name was Spruance. That admiral, and they named a whole class of uh, nuclear frigates after this guy because there he is, shorthanded, and he starts getting everybody to lay smoke, and he absolutely blinded everything, and then went around and came into the landing up the wrong way, and the Japanese were all like looking out here, and they were oh, we chased them away, and that. Absolutely Boom. massacred them. Yeah, and uh, well, that could be. I don't know. Yeah, I th yeah. I've, sure. I've heard stories yeah. like that, but yeah. I don't know. Well, as a kid of the war, I For mean, sure. we're the same age, and uh, you know how we were. Everything was about World War II growing up. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it was so fresh. It was. 
Right. And, you know, they hadn't even settled Nuremberg or, you know, some of that stuff was unsettled. You remember growing up, everything was World War II. And, like, guys right. like Joe were our absolute heroes. And they made kind of the common person, the common man, suddenly into a hero. Yeah. Hence, what was our favorite comic book? Mine. Sergeant Rock. Or ours was, you know. I wasn't a big Archie uh, guy, you know. Mine was Superman. Well, it was then, yeah. And, <laughs> and when Superman started, remember he was anti-Nazi. That was his yeah, whole thing. Yeah, I you know? mean, that, that, but, that got carried over. But Batman, did, the whole thing. Oh, no, totally. Did, and Wonder Woman and never Wonder steps Wonder out of that era. Her whole Wonder era Wonder is, Wonder. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, uh, Sergeant Rock, did you read many of those? No. Oh, no. No. Oh, it was... That was oh, Superman. Half of my... Uh, well, can't you go both ways? You know? <laughs> and uh, uh, half of my uh, conception of theater and TV and comedy is probably based on those Sergeant Rock comics. You know? Could you be. Know, Pew! Twang! Rawr, you know? And then all the sound effects were very... Uh, you know? I mean, in a way, Sergeant Rock was the predecessor to Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. where Marvel yeah. got so different and so weird instead of just Superman reflecting. It was all these weird visceral sounds and battles and crazy camera angles and yeah. all that. That was Sergeant Rock. You know, the angle, you know, it'd be like down by the tin can and looking up, the point of view, so to speak. And uh, It was so, probably a new breed that came in. Oh, totally. Artists that artist, and, yeah. You know, they... Had the, to do something different. I just read in the paper, changing the subject without changing it, Steve Ditko died. Now, you might not know who that is. I but do not. Marvel Comics was started by three guys, was defined by them. Stan Lee, mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say Mort Drucker, but that was mad. Um, I'll get the other guy's name in a second. Uh, Kirby, Jack Kirby. And they were mainly it, but they did the Fantastic Four and created that. But then yep. along came this guy, Steve Ditko, and he did Spider-Man. And his whole thing was, he was a World War II nut too, but mm -hmm. he also wanted to make it much more modern. Because remember, it was about Peter, Pag Peter uh, Parker's agonies about not fitting in. Mm -hmm. And that he had this, you know, he could never have a girlfriend, and he could never, you know, his uncle had been killed by muggers, and uh, his grandmother beat up. So it wasn't his uncle, it was his grandfather. And he lived with them, and so his whole thing was revenging his grandfather against criminals. I can and, see these comic books made a huge impact on your life. Well, it's I if, can't remember yesterday. <laughs> Never mind comic I books I read comic book. oh. 60 years ago. Well, my mother was in the book... Uh, she, she was in the publishing biz for books, and she worked for a book exporter called Henry M. Snyder in the 60s. And Henry M. Snyder exported comic books to Europe. Mm -hmm. But he, they didn't do Superman. And we wanted Superman. Absolutely. And this was 1957 because my brother and I would ride the train to my divorced parents. Uh, my father lived in Bolomer, mm -hmm. and my mother lived in New York. And um, that's why I'm so mixed up, you know. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was an Oriole fan. End up in Gloucester. Uh, yeah, well, they, wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, But we were allowed to go in uh, to their back room every month, once a month, and both of us could take one of each comic. Mm -hmm. But it was all Charlton comics, which is like Richie Rich and Nancy yeah. and all mm -hmm. these things. And we wanted Batman and all this. And the, uh, <laughs> what was the one that was Prince Valiant? Uh, classic comic books they were called and they were stories from the bible and stories from literature redone these almost like paintings we hated them and then you know the most uh there wasn't even archie it was like richie rich if you know who that is oh it was yeah. just so lame him. and that was the only thing that looked like a cartoon so we had it but about a month into it they got this brand new line of comics that were 
nobody wanted and nobody had heard of. They were called Marvel. And so we'd go in there and we would take for our trips to Baltimore on the train, one each of the original first 10 issues of Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Amazing Tales, mm -hmm. uh, the Hulk, yep. all those things. We had all, now because we had a copy each, we usually read the copy on the way to Baltimore on the train, which is like a four-hour train ride, and then we just switch it back and forth with the comics we had, and leave the other comics home. And they were in <laughs> mint condition, you right. know, because why do you need to take two copies with you, uh, especially if you're reading them on the way down? So, and you know, we'd have a stack of like 12 or 15 of these things, so there was enough for the ride, as they say. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, so we had this completely mint selection of comics, and... <laughs> I remember uh, my parent, my uh, father and stepmother moved up to Massachusetts in 67, and we kept all our comics in baseball cards, you know, original Mickey right, Mantle, right. Uh, a rookie card, Willie Mays, rookie card, all these things, right? Whitey Ford. And it was all in a cedar chest, which would keep them forever, okay? Right. And then in 67, they moved up, and I said, hey, well, I hope you got my cedar chest, you know? It's like, it was worth finding out. You know, the original Fantastic Four is worth $40,000. Now it's probably worth 400000 right? <laughs> she goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't have rubbed back all this stuff. We threw it all away. But we saved the cedar chest. <laughs> and I'm going like, so you threw away that Mickey Mantle original rookie card that's worth 190000 bucks today. You know? So like, that one guy yeah. in the landfill now <laughs> has that yeah, card. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he got, you know, I don't know, caught some disease too from the landfill. So how old were you when yeah. you uh, were into this? Yeah. Oh, how old was I? I believe it was, um, I think it I'm going to say we did the the train riding from seven to about 14 years of age, so mm -hmm. that would be 57 to 64. Since I'm born, I'm easy. I'm born on 1950, so I'm always the number. You <laughs> yeah. always have to be subtracting. To, yeah, 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 it's a, you're an odd number. Well, I had and, the nuns, so that's easy to do. Oh yeah, but you probably did it with Roman numerals, and who can subtract a five right. and a V from? A, and uh, <laughs> so. Um, in the beginning, as I say, this more than 57 was more than Nancy comic book thing. Because Marvel, I don't think, came along until 62 or 61 or something like that. Sounds right. The most amazing book you've never read is called The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. And it's a novel by this guy named Michael Chabon. I've read the thing four times. It is so great. If you'll ever take my record notes, it's about Stan Lee and uh, Ditko starting mm -hmm. uh, Marvel Comics. But they're not called Stan. They're called Cavalier and Clay. And they have, it's the best book, but it's kind of based upon all the stuff because the candle was going out all along the way with them. Oh, yeah. But they went to war. Mm -hmm. And they write in the, before they started. They went to war. They, you know, helped uh, whatever uh, Levittown, if you know what that is. They were among the first supporters of buying a house in the development on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So, did you go to college? I did. Uh, actually, I went to work after after I, school. Yeah after high school and uh, my broadcasting and uh, the, the bug bit me after I had left high school. So I ended up going to uh, several schools in Boston, went to Career Academy, which was, I think I told you that story about Fenway Park. Yeah. Studios were in the second floor of Fenway Park. So in the summer, I was there for two years, uh, in the summer it became the norm to jump out the window and now they have box seats there but we used to be able to go out the window and walk along the ledge third the third baseline we'd be able to sit out there and watch a game so 
that's where we skipped school. We oh, we all went out God, there. It was like seven or eight. As a matter of fact, I just reconnected with um, one of my old buddies, Cliff Haley, who was going to school with me, and I found him on Facebook, and uh, we started reminiscing about the old days. The good old days. Yeah, the good old days, yeah. And uh, I took some courses at Salem State, North Shore. You know, they, they were... I preferred to actually go out and get a job because um, I worked, my first job was at WJAR down in Providence. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Shooting and editing news. And yeah. uh, I actually learned more from working with the professionals than I did in, oh, in, totally. in school. Well, isn't that the way we all started where you monkey see, monkey do? You right. watch someone operate the equipment, you go, exactly. I can do that. Right. But if you had to read the book, oh, my right. God, you'd never get yeah, that. Yeah, dry. So yeah. I was lucky enough, though, I, I worked um, during the... Um, um, the America's Cup races down in uh, Newport. What year? Uh, 84, 83, The 84. famous one, the one we lost. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. So yeah. you were there working that when the the, yep. the winged crusader or whatever, the winged keel went by us. Yes. We were a <laughs> mile ahead in that race, too. Well, I was oh, up yeah. in between the helicopter and the Goodyear blimp. I was sitting in the, oh, yeah, I was shooting it. What do you mean? You were up, but you were in both of those? Yeah, because Channel 10 got... Uh, subcontracted by oh. Lipton. I think it was a Lipton T. Were you the, the feed that we were watching yes. on national yes. TV? I was the feed for the worldwide feed. You were holding the camera? I was. Oh my God. <laughs> I, re I watched those shots, especially yeah. at the end, yeah. where you were way up in the thing looking down and you could see, uh, what was it called? Stars and Stripe? Yep. No, no, it was no, called something. Liberty. Was yeah, it was later. Liberty, I think. Yes, was, that was yeah. a loser boat. And no one, you know, they race 12 meters now in Newport, and they have all the classics there. They got, literally, uh, literally, they destroyed <laughs> Liberty afterwards, almost like, you're the devil's seed, <laughs> because it was the one who lost the thing. Yeah. And all yeah. the other ones yeah. exist to this day. Right. You know, and... Uh, yeah, that was me up in the helicopter oh and in the blimp. Oh, my God, because I remember they are way down to Lou, and they were up here, and but they let... Australia jibe away, and they instead of covering, which you're supposed to do, right. and it was the last leg, and they had a two-minute lead. But they later on, he said, we could tell when we tried to cover, he was going faster. We'd mm -hmm. never be able to stop them. And so we had to go for a home run, which meant sailing away from them, hoping to get a shift, and right. then win it on a right. crazy shift. Saying, usually when you're that far ahead, you don't have to do that. You don't swing for the fences. You let the other guy swing for the fences. Right. Fence. Makes sense. But wow. I didn't know too much about boating, yeah. um, but I... But you so sure learned about staging to an yeah, event. Yeah, I mean, start at the top, why don't you? <laughs> well, I was lucky. I was in the right spot at the right time yeah. for, for a summer job, oh. and they kept me after that because they yeah. must have liked my work. I mean, they, Damn, it's too bad you're not hugely fat. I could call you the blimp. The blimp. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, you're not. You're pretty trim for an old man. Hey. You know? Hey. Well, and that's kind of the point of the story uh, is, you know, which is, you know, what is old is yes. to be appreciated and revered because it ain't going to be here long. As you say, the good old days. The good old days. You know, yeah. you were back there doing all that stuff. Well, a lot, of, a lot of that stuff doesn't exist anymore. There is no America's Cup in Newport anymore, no. and there never will be. No. You know, because once New York Yacht Club had a hold of it, they yeah, it strangled gone. the thing. Yeah. And once they lost it, the rest of the world said, we're never giving it back to them. Right. I mean, unless they won it. But then even the American other people, when they we won it back. Remember when San Diego? Yeah. So we didn't even say, let's bring it. And then I think they did it in Florida or something. It's like, no, we don't want to go back to Newport because we know you old folks are going to take it. <laughs> and know, where, where did you work after Channel 10? Um, I ended up... Um, 
going to several cable places. I was a program director in North Attleboro. Oh. And we brought some new technology into that place. Was that for a commercial station, not for yeah, public was, access? Um, no, no, no. It yeah. was commercial. I right. mean, uh, public access. Yeah. Now, I can't remember the name of the company that uh-huh. owned it. But then I, I caught on with Avi Nelson's uh, Channel 62. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. owned that. We we had a... Uh, that was a UHF, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We had the transmitter was up behind the ball pate in Georgetown up there. The, so I, once I, went, I once attended ball pate because I was trying to get a letter to get out of the draft. I was going to say as a patient. Yes, Coral. I went as a patient. <laughs> and I went in to be interviewed because I wanted a psych deferment. And oh, I, I, and I needed a letter from the thing. Now, they, <laughs> by then, everybody had done that. And they had to, they, you had to have... You know, schizophrenia. Oh, it had to be yeah. clinical. It couldn't be, oh, he'll never fit in. And I went, I said, forget it. The guy said, you, you're too healthy. You're not, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with you. And I was like, duh. <laughs> well, some of the patients up there, I, oh, mean, yeah. I ended up being, uh, I was in the graveyard shift to start oh, out as master control. List. So I was I was playing the satellite feed at night and um, and inserting the commercials and doing all that cool stuff. Yeah, and In a cinder block building with no windows. <laughs> However, if you're familiar with the area out there, it's very close to Ballpate. And they had a big, probably a 12-foot fence that enclosed it. And thank goodness it enclosed it. (laughs) Because at night you could hear that fence shaking with people people hanging on it. Well, first of all, the name of that place alone. I mean, Ballpate, you know, it's like, okay. It conjures up, uh, like, uh, old, nasty. You're not far from that wonderful uh, system of rivers in the Parker River Refuge there. And then, of course, Essex County Co-op and the uh, Top Seal Fairgrounds were right right down there. Yeah. Well, that is great. Well, I just have to tell you in closing that I am the biggest fan of your family. I, I like Frank Mondello, who recently passed. Yeah. That's why I was confused about father or uncle, because Frank was your uncle, right? No. Frank was his, your uncle-in-law. Yes, uh, Sorry. uncle-in-law. In-law. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah. I got confused. And, and there's a, Gino Mondello is a relative, too, right? Yeah, Gino my, is my wife's cousin. No, there you go. And I'm a big Francis fan, too. So mm-hmm. they're just great. We paid my, our band played at his 60th birthday. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. So you must go down to the, I think they do it Saturdays, don't they? Um, Where? Down at Down at Geno's? Yeah. 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 And no, I, cookouts I, yeah. And, yeah. and plays their bagpipes down mm-hmm. there. And he, of course, is a boat builder, so he's just amazing. Oh, yeah. That, I yeah, know. It's so. I, I, I'm amazed at the stuff he puts up. Well, and credit to Maritime, because what is old should be enjoyed before it is gone. They've sort of preserved it, and hopefully they're going to keep it. They can't keep everything, which is a testament to what we are losing. And uh, as I say, this is the Palazzolas and Joe Mondello show. And uh, I was going to throw Gus Foot in there, too, but I don't know if Gus ranks the same way that those, you know, that Joe does. Gus was always civically involved. That's right, and he was out there, whereas Joe is living his life, and he's like a passive uh, sort of he's passive and active in his own way he's active as a person and a shoe guy right. but he's just such a sunshine yeah. he's like a body a celestial body in the sky you know yeah. I mean he was involved civically at St. Peter's Church before they oh, sold okay. it for a long yeah. long long time oh, yeah yeah, I mean, the I like that before they sold it. Before, I knew that well, church had been sold <laughs> to the Holy Family people. It was like a corporation. They paid $20 million for the name. <laughs> well, All right. Well, look, uh, we got to continue this subject because there's a whole lot more things in Gloucester that fit that category. Oh, yeah. And I tried to, yeah, to make a I big feel list. like Ed McMahon now, though. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, ah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I did not know that. Cameron doesn't know who yeah. Ed McMahon was. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we yes, played this does. gig the other day, and we, we were playing a lot of Beatles songs. We said to the daughter of the person who was here, I said, so what's your favorite Beatles song? They said, who are the Beatles? Because I don't have one. Oh, I've never heard a Beatles song. And she was like 22. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was God. going, okay, well, like Joe Montello, the Heresy. Beatles. I want to say thank you. To okay. all of you for listening, to Joe uh, Cafillo, Jim Cafillo. I said Joe because Joe. Joe Montello, so sorry. Yeah, and uh, you've complimented to be confused with Shall your Shall we cue the music, Goto, yeah. on your birthday? Cute the music. you got a happy birthday song, right? da 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 You say it's Goto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing good. All right, Gloucester. Thank you so much for tuning in to Fishtown Local with my special guest engineer, Jim Cafillo. We'll be seeing you next time. In Gloucester.